Hello, and welcome to Move the Line, Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Noonan, back with my friends to talk about the best way, the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is through player props. Live here, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Friday. We're keeping this train rolling all the way through the Super Bowl as well, giving you our favorite player props and taking your questions. So if you're hanging out with us now on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show. Smash the like button for us. goes a long way in helping us out. And jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite prop look for Week 16 is. Uh, if you want our thoughts on a play, feel free to ask. We'll try to get to as many as possible at the end of the show. Joining me here, as always, freezing along with me here in Chicago, where we woke up to a real feel of negative 33 degrees, which I looked at to like negative like three for you guys. Um, real no, cold. that can't be true. Neg- negative three is like 26 degrees. Fair negative Oh, negative three is 26 degrees for us. No, well, my the app that I was using, the weather app that I was using was incorrect. So I tried to do the <laughs> research because I knew you were going to be like negative 33. What the hell does that mean? Um, but it means it's cold as balls and you don't want to go anywhere near uh, the windows or outside. Let's see. Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion. What did you say it was? Negative what? 33. Oh, my God. Negative 33 is negative 36 Celsius. Oh. Oh, holy crap. I was way off, but it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Negative like 10 is the real temperature. And then the wind is, is brutal. So Connor, are you surviving? I mean, you're barely. Going, first of all, you're going to Mexico in a couple of weeks. I am very passionate. Two days. Two days. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy for you as a friend to go and experience that. And that time of year, I know you do this every year, but I'm very passively uh, angry about it. Yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be doing some shows from the beach, you know, maybe get Luis in the background to throw in a prop or two. And, uh, yeah, just one, two more days of this hell, and then I'll be escaping, thankfully. It is, I, I just did the conversion where I am. It's 56 degrees here. Welcome to Canada. It's, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what we had last week, which is this, like, that's part of why it's so hard, too, is we've actually had decent weather. It was just this massive drop in the course of 12 hours yesterday with snow and Apropos, because it is a very much a weather slate, and I'm sure that'll uh, come into some handicaps here a little bit. But uh... yeah, but here, here's the one thing I'll say about that to kick it off. And I saw actually your colleague TJ Hernandez tweet out about this, and he's absolutely right. Is that the weather is baked into all these numbers already? So if you try to factor it in again, then you're doubling down on something that's already factored in. Yeah, that's a good point. Double counting can be could be a problem for sure. And then we know too, like Connors, I know you got some research and we've done some stuff at four for four over the years around, you know, cold weather, not really mattering, snow, not mattering more. So wind sustained winds and, and gusty winds. Yeah. The only thing that the research that we added here, because like, as we've know, talked about multiple times in the show, wind only matters over 15 miles per hour, but like really matters over 20 miles per hour. We don't really have that, that too much of that in this slate besides one or two games. And, but what does we have noticed Chris Allen pulled for us, Password over expectation in games that are like single digits and te- teams tend to call more runs in those games than passes like compared to their expectation. So that is slightly notable and may not be baked into the numbers, but to Pat's point, like they're certainly from an efficiency standpoint, baked into a lot of these numbers, especially from a passing perspective. Like these numbers are low uh, for the most part. And in some spots it may not be warranted. Well, to look at it too, just to kind of clarify the, like the real weather games Obviously, that I'm concerned about is the Cleveland Saints game and maybe the Baltimore Atlanta game. Okay. And I feel like Chicago has like 20 something mile per hour wins. Do you think that matters at all? That was, that was something that I had on my list, but I wasn't sure how much it was going to matter. The, the front radar I saw was like an average around 10 miles per hour with Gus up a little bit higher, but Oh, I, that's not bad. I love the over in that game, by the way. Yeah. I'm into it too, for sure. That's I think we we talked about that on our our other show because I think I think on the ground they can get it done. Forty and a half? Are you kidding me? Take my money, and it's juice to the under. <laughs> well, we can take your money. You got more of it to give away because Pat had a massive DraftKings score last week. So congrats to you, sir. Uh, obviously joining us as always, the man from the Mayo Media Network, uh, Pat Mayo himself. Um, so congrats, buddy. Nice little uh, nice little holiday spent. I'm sure for yeah. the kids, if they even know about it. When they when they tell you Dallas's defense is good, don't listen to them. That's all I'll say. Via Conjury, Lauren, 
Uh, also, we want to remind you, we have a uh, new YouTube channel as well, 444 Bets, uh, unique content over there. So subscribe and check that out too. And there's two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available here on YouTube and then in podcast form as well. This is our prop drop show, Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, we have a game preview show where Connor, John Daigle, and myself get more into size of totals. Connor was referencing you know, how we were talking about that uh, Chicago game there too. So I uh, definitely want to go back and check that out. Also want to let you know, Regular season winding down. Still like six, seven weeks of football left to go, but now is the time to scoop up a betting subscription at 4 for 4. Betting sub gets you access to everything on the site, every sport, article, tool from now through the end of February. Uh, that'll cover all your football needs there. Subscriber-only Discord is really the place to be. Gets you access to all of our bets as soon as we make them. We have a very active crowd in there too. They help us steam some lines, so definitely the place to be. If you're just kind of waiting for the articles to come out on the site, you're probably missing the best of the number there covering NBA, college hoops, MMA. Um, I don't know if we cover, are we still covering soccer, Connor, now that the World Cup is over? Uh, it's in the works. Maybe get some some EPL going, uh, some some Champions League stuff. Uh, I think the people seem to like it. So I, I'm interested to see if that kind of stuff you know, rolls over and anything else. So we'll see. We'll see. I know the owner of our company likes betting uh, corner kick props and stuff like that. He told me so, you know, maybe there's different uh, iterations of way to bet soccer versus just, you know, banging unders which I imagine is probably pretty profitable. But if you're playing on any pick'em sites as well, prize picks, underdog, vivid, uh, things of that nature, if you don't have legalized betting in your state, we do have specific channels. We post plays in there as well. John Daigle, TJ Hernandez, providing a ton of DFS content. All of that's covered in the betting subscription over at 444. Already discounted on the site. If you use promo code NEXTLEVEL, you'll get an additional 25% off. So... Oh, and and to throw down on that, Prize Picks has an offer today only, the Friday, their new six play. If you go six for six and you put your entry in on a Friday, uh, it's thirty three to one. Yep, I did it. It was it's awesome. It feels good. Feels like you know it's. I'm not actually getting ripped off on the odds for once. So it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt good to put in that entry. Six legger. Okay, we get have to get in there. So yeah, that's Friday only. Uh, so definitely check that out. I'll probably try to do my best to put out a six six legger for you today too again those are free channels um that you can get access to by being part of the discord so all right connor let you get started with your first official week 16 look awesome i'm gonna get started with probably my favorite over of the week here and that's gonna be dalvin cook over 76 and a half rushing yards uh, and I like this for multiple reasons here. I think that the Vikings are in a much better off spot running the ball uh, against this Giants team who plays a ton of man and they blitz a ton, number one in the league in both categories. And that's something that Kirk Cousins has struggled against generally, against man coverage, 50% completion rate, against the blitz, 50% completion rate. Um, and not only that, the Giants are sixth in pressure rate. So I know we got burned on this a little bit uh, with, you know, against the Patriots, but Patriots don't really blitz as much. And I think in this spot here, the Giants are just true to what they are in terms of blitzing and playing man. So how do they get around that? Giants, 31st in run DDBOA, 30th in run EPA, 31st in explosive run rate a lot. I think that Dalvin Cook sees 20 plus carries and they've been just getting wrecked on the ground here. They've, you know, allowed a ton of players to go over hundred yards. They've allowed multiple players to go over this 76 yard number and that's like to scrubs like Kenyon Drake you know rushed for 119 yards even Damian Pierce back in his you know heyday 94 yards Brian Robinson had around 90 plus yards in two matchups like if you look at who they played they were just getting wrecked so I not only played Dalvin Cook over 76 I played over 80 90 100 110 125 at alternate odds because uh if this pans out how I expect it to uh Dalvin Cook should have just like a massive massive day here on the ground when you bet uh, an elite player over like this aggressively, it definitely catches my attention. I, it's hard to argue that it's not a great matchup. Um, I like the laddering of it as well. Pat, what do you have uh, for Dalvin Cook this week? I have Dalvin Cook at uh, one of my stronger plays on the board. I have his median at 82 and a half. So, and that's only on 16 carries. So any sort of competitive type of game, or if, it's close enough with the Vikings with the lead where they just run on you know, first and second down every single time and don't mix in Madison. Those ladders are most definitely in play. Plus he has that big, big play potential that we saw against the Colts. I know that was against a softer shell defense with them being up by a gazillion points, but he can break off. We've seen him break off even enough big runs this year that he can, like he's one of the, there's actually a few guys on the slate this week that could challenge like 200 yards rushing. And he's one of them. Yeah. And then that's just, they refuse to not play in close games, right? That's kind of their MO even over the last two years. Like, so I don't think we're going to get in a scenario where they blow anyone out. And on the other side too, the Giants continue to just find ways to stay in games too. 
I don't know really how. Um, it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors, I feel like, but it's happening. We're in week 16, and here we are. I'm never really sure how they ever score, but they tend to win a bunch of all games. So, um, Pat, I'm going to catch you off guard here. This is an interesting topic. I want to know what your thoughts are. I don't know if you get into any of the um, awards markets, but we had a good discussion the other night on our Wednesday show around Coach of the Year. Uh, Connor's got a big preseason ticket on Nick Sirianni, the massive favorite right now, uh, although I think it's closed a little bit compared to where it was. I think he is definitely the odds-on favorite. Um, we talked about how – do you think some other players that are in this market that should be in the mix uh, are yeah, probably yes. off-market? So so there are two, honestly. Like Dan Campbell has all the buds. He's second in the market. I don't believe that he deserves to win, but you – know, who cares what I think? He's three to one currently. Sirianni's still minus 200. But the two that I would look at, like if the Jags went out and make the playoffs, Doug Peterson's super live and he's 10 to one. But I still think it's Dayball. I think Dayball actually is the coach of the year. He's doing all of this nice work with the Giants with the biggest bunch of scrubs I've ever seen. Totally agree. I got down on it this week. I got like 28. I got a little 25 as well. Down to 16. Do, yeah, I, I just... I do think it's one of those these I think the award markets in general are really tough because they are so narrative driven. Uh, my argument to Connor, while I do again think that he's Sirianni's in good position to take this home, they were they did close as the NFC East favorites. Um, I don't think that they anyone thought they were going to be like 16 and one or anything like that. So he definitely is exceeding expectations. This Giants team is terrible. I mean, there's like the defense is bad, there's no talent on offense. The media drools all over Dayball when you watch games. The Collinsworth was like, it, they probably had to mop the floor when he was done. Just all that, anytime you had a chance to give anyone credit on the Giants, it was just, oh my God, did you see Dayball, that call? Like he, they love Dayball. And I, I just feel like there's enough steam where, if, and they're in the playoffs. They lose this week. They still have a 71% chance of making the playoffs. The Giants are like locked in almost to the sixth seed. Whereas like Campbell, to your point, and that was my pushback to Connor was Campbell, Campbell, like they have to win out to make the playoffs. Um, you should not be that far apart from some of these other guys. And I think Peterson's a good call out too. So uh, what do you Connor, think about your man? Well, what do you think about Shanahan? Uh, I mean, on his third quarterback, the team is obviously awesome, but like, I mean, Brock Purdy is going out there and playing well. Like, I feel like there's some, and they're one of the best teams in the league. So I feel like that is a little bit of an interesting narrative that could catch on with some of the media guys. I mean, any thoughts about him? Like, I feel like that. I'm looking ways to cover my ass here because, you know, I'm in deep on Sirianni. Obviously, I think he's still the best here. And if the Eagles win this week against Dallas, which I think they're live to do, uh, I mean, it's a lock. It's over. Like, it doesn't matter. It's over. He wins with Minshew. It's over. So, yeah, he, he beats he beats Dallas with Minshew. You're good. Uh, the, the only way that I think he loses if they go 0-3 without Hurts. If, and Hurts probably comes back next week anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But, I, I mean, Shanahan would be number two on my ballot. I just feel like people expect him to be good, and that works against you in this market. That's why historically, again, I know people don't love Belichick. He's got like two coach of the years ever. Um, I just can't ever – you really can't convince me that there have been seasons where he didn't get a lot. They had a team they almost went to the Super Bowl. Rache Caldwell was their best uh, wide receiver uh, back in like 05, 06. It was not pretty back there. So there are times where it's definitely narrative-driven, exceeding expectations. So I'm, I'm with – I'm with you, Connor. I'm cheering for your ticket. It's a nice one. Um, I just think that right now the rest of the market is is off um, to kind of Pat's point. I do think that Shanahan is viable. I think the Peterson play is a good call, and I think Dayball should be significantly closer to Campbell versus kind of where the market currently is. That's why I'm For sure. And one, one last thing here before we hop off. There was a, a executive poll here uh, that Young and Fearless brought up here in the chat that uh, it was Nick Sirianni led the way with like eight votes among executives. And then it was Shanahan with like six and then Dable with like four. So I think if you're going to bet anyone right now, it is probably maybe a sprinkle on Dable and Shanahan. Hope that the Eagles fall out. Um, and even if they lose this week, maybe, you know, you'll probably get an even better number on Sirianni if you want to kind of like circle back and double back later. So I think that's probably how I'd approach the market right now. I, I would also, I mean, the people who vote on these awards are the football, pro football writers. Right. So yeah. what the executives, the executives think and what the writers think are two different things. Yeah. Very true. Agreed. Again, you have the New York market narrative and, you know, expectations of the Giants were pretty low coming into the season. And this team is, uh, again, not sure how it's happening, but it continues to happen. So, all right, Pat, yeah. first play for you. Well, that I mean, just to finish that off, that's also sure. the thing about Dan Campbell as well. Like, if we just reverse ourselves to August, 
this is where people expected the Lions to be. It's just the path that they took to get here built in these unrealistic expectations of, oh, they're terrible. Oh, and now they're really good. No, this is exactly where the market had them being at like six and seven, seven and seven. Yeah, no, that's a great point. This is It's not too far off. So yeah, it's a good call. I am going with an under to start off with, with those aforementioned Lions. Uh, I got burned on this one week and then I hit it last week because it played out exactly how I thought it was going to play out, which so rarely happens, but I'm going to go back to the well this week because I actually think the Panthers defense is structured a lot like the Jets defense. It's sort of like the uh, the C- minus version of the Jets defense, but the one thing that they do similarly is they put Sauce Gardner on someone on the outside and then that guy just doesn't get thrown at the entire game. It's not that different from Carolina when they just put J.C. Horn on someone and they just don't throw that direction the entire game. And I believe for the second consecutive week that D.J. Chark is going to be the guy that gets sacrificed to the elite corner. Just don't throw near him, beat them over the middle. That's how you beat the Panthers in the passing game. So D.J. Chark under 33 and a half receiving yards. I'm worried he gets us all in one play and makes me look foolish like he did last time or two times ago when I brought this up. But I just he's either like 80 yards or two yards. And it feels like more of a two yard game than an 80 yard game. Yeah. This is a play you've been on Connor at times in the last couple weeks. Yeah. We also took, uh, we took Josh Reynolds. I was listening to going back through our show notes. I took Josh Reynolds under last week for basically the same reason, because his number was like only five yards less. And I was looking it up like both him and shark were just going to play on the outside and just get eaten up by the jets. And that exactly happened. They both just got eaten up. Reynolds didn't even see a target. Um, looks like shark over under two and a half receptions. Um, I mean, any thoughts there? I feel like if you're worried about the one play with Chark, you know, like, I mean, does he even see three, four targets? Um, he he may because they have used him in motion in the red mm-hmm. zone a lot. That's so true. They, they bring him on the inside and throw him quick little passes. I can see that. And they go for it on fourth down so much that everyone is just selling out to stop Amon Ra that he could just be standing there by himself. So I, I'm just trying to fade the deep pass. Yeah. No, for sure. That makes makes a ton of sense there. I wonder when they're going to get Jameson Williams more involved too, because he like saw a slight trajectory and then just nothing last week. It was just next like, year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. At this point, they just don't seem too interested in getting him going. I think maybe too, like fits more of an out indoor in Detroit thing than them doing stuff where uh, they're not. I think they're really trying to protect and hide golf as much as they can. And that's a non-weather situation this week. It's going to be really cold there, but I think again, uh, nothing that should impact any of the handicaps. Um, I'm going to start with an under as well. It's moved a little bit versus where um, it was when we first played yesterday. Taylor Heineke under, it looks like DraftKings still has under 190 and a half passing yards on Heineke. Uh, looks like that's the best out there. Yeah, um, pretty good price on Rivers too. It's moved a little bit, played it at 190, 198 yesterday. But he's been really bad, um, and I think they're going to have a really d- difficult time moving the football here. They're leaning really run-heavy um, over the last couple of weeks with Heineke. They actually haven't had a positive pass rate over expectation since week five. That was with Carson Wentz, and that's part of it too. There's definitely some grumblings locally within the media there to go back because uh, they technically are currently the seventh seed. Um, they're, the Heineke experience hasn't been great as of late to really kind of – not close either one of those Giants games was was pretty rough. Um, again, this this Niners defense is tremendous. Actually, both stopping the run and the pass. If you kind of look at some weighted stuff over the last half of the season, they are by far the best defense in the league and best against the pass. And I do think that there is an angle here where we do see Carson Wentz maybe at at a bad after a bad second half, bad first half for Heineke. And obviously, this number is not accounting for that. So I think that that's. You know, more than a less than 0% chance of happening if it gets off to a really rough start. So uh, I'm fine with it, even though it's still moved. It's down to where we are. I'm fine with 190 and a half on DraftKings on Heineke going under 190. Connor, I think you jumped in with me here. I did, yes. Uh, I think it's a great look. You know, I think that added risk of in-game benching helps. I think the matchup helps. Kind of what we're going to see, probably see the Niners during the clock here. Probably won't see Heineke be efficient even if he does play the whole game. So there's a ton of outs here. It's I'm was very excited when you played that you tagged me in it i was not by my computer at the time so tailed it i'm on board with that as well but uh we did just get like a little push notification here that cowboys rookie defensive end sam williams will not play following a vehicle collision uh friday and playing no dealing with concussion next train so uh brutal tough there i, I don't know if that's what power is reacting to but that's why i just saw it pop on my screen at the same time so 
Uh, Pat, where are you at on Heineke this week? I have no real feel for him. I think that the commanders are going to be weirdly live in this game. And I think a lot of it's going to be Curtis Samuel thinking dunks over the middle and then just shots down the field. I just don't think that's what the Niners are going to expect. So I think that's probably the best case for Washington here. Now, if they do stay to script, I think that you come into the game against the Niners knowing you can't run on them. So I think their game plan is going to be completely changed. So it might just be a whole lot of up chucking from Heineke. So I haven't projected like 240 yards here. So this is a stay away for me. Yeah. The only thing, even when we saw them play like Atlanta, um, not so long ago, like w- very much a spot that leads you to like, or right, you can pass on Atlanta. They are, yeah, but you can run on them too. Yeah, no, they're terrible, but they didn't like, they were drastically run heavy. So like even the most inviting spot for you to throw a little bit, they still skewed massively run heavy. So um, I could see that, but I think they have difficulty doing really anything against the Niners. So, um, and I would love to see, never said this in my life. I'd love to see Carson Wentz uh, play some football in the second half of this game. So, all right, Connor, back to you. Number two. Yeah, I'm going to keep the under train rolling here. I'm going to go with James Conner under. looks like you're able to get a 72 and a half rushing yards um, at, looks like, Rivers right now. Uh, there's still some 70s out there at uh, DraftKings and BetMGM. But, I mean, basically in this spot, I know his usage has been awesome, but seven and a half point underdogs. Trace McSorley is going to get the start. Uh, I think Trace McSorley is horrible. I don't think they move the ball very well. Um, so, you know, as big underdogs with McSorley, probably not leading consistent drives. Basically, against a Bucks defense. I mean, they're, I wouldn't say good, but they're above average here. Uh, and so I feel like in this spot, this number is just too high, just in general. There's like a lot of outs, whether it's game script, whether it's, you know, inefficiency. Um, so I just think there's multiple outs here on the number for a guy like James Conner that even though he's seeing a ton of work, like it's not, you know, I'm just not sure it's enough here. Like you would need, I mean, for me to feel good about like this or for, for me to be scared about going under, like he needs like what, 18, 19, 20 carries, which he can get, but I still feel like we might go under at that point. Uh, I had this one on my short list as well, and I had it at 69 and a half as the under, so at DraftKings, but I, I like that call. I see it the same way. Yeah. Again, the volume concerns are are frightening. <laughs> he's, he's playing almost every down for that team, um, and I feel like they want to try to, hide McSorley early especially so if he has any success he can you know if he has a decent first half it's going to be a, a tough sweat but I think the process for it is is really sound so I think um, we're going to see a lot of like run run pass punt you know like it's going to be for sure <laughs> and so you know just like early on in the game it's just a brutal like like McSorley just sucks like he's literally was drafted in 2019 sixth round pick first career start is coming in mop-up duty played for the Ravens a little bit and like I don't know they tried to use him kind of like as Tyler Huntley sometimes or just like some you know, Taysom Hill kind of package quarterback at times, but I just think he's a horrible quarterback. So, uh, you know, it is, I just don't see them moving the ball much at all. I want to tie on a, a look to that because it's not a play for me yet. So I want to f- see more information. Um, Hollywood Brown popped up on the injury report yesterday with a groin injury. Taken um, off today, by the way. Oh, was he? Okay. All right. I was going to want to see the Wednesday, uh, the uh, injury report today. Okay. Cause he's up at 46 and a half which is probably too many receiving yards anyway in the spot with the volume he saw last week um, with both Colt McCoy and McSorley in that game. But again, if there's any concerns, obviously when you see midweek injuries, it's not great. Practice in full on Wednesday, limited on Thursday because of that. But uh, like Pat said, practice today, but still maybe a viable play uh, in this matchup with this quarterback. Why don't we just take Trace McSorley unders? Were they at 190? Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, I think that's a good play too. I guess my only reason was that um, like I liked Tampa Bay to have a lot of success. So I just feel like they could throw the ball like 50 times. Like, you know, I was worried about the get the back store under, but we've talked about this before. It usually doesn't matter. And he's so bad that it doesn't like generally doesn't matter. Um, but like, I would almost rather just play like maybe a Marquise Brown under, but maybe the McSorley unders. I think you would just bomb unders across the board, honestly, with if, if it is like the run, run pass punt that we're, I'm expecting, then it just won't matter. Like everything, will, every under will hit. Is Taysom Hill starting? Uh, that's, that's worth talking about. Uh, I know Noonan, we played the over on his rushing yards earlier. I don't know if that was one of your plays. Sorry to, you know, bomb that there, but it's moved up to like 43. I think he could play like three quarters of the game. I mean, he's going to be involved. They, I mean, he's been involved a lot anyways at 25 carries the last four weeks. Um, and some tough matchups in there, San Francisco, uh, Tampa Bay. And now you have this, like one of the places we've all kind of agreed on that the weather does matter of what's going to happen in Cleveland this week with, 30 the mile per hour sustained with gusts up to 50. Uh, no Chris Olave. Like they just have to get kind of wonky with what they're going to do offensively. They were fine doing that last week with David Johnson, of all people. 
So I imagine that they can see an uptick in, in Connor and I were talking, if, if we get nine to 10 Taysom Hill touches, you know, we played the over on 35 and a half. I still think you can like correlate the same game parlay there, uh, even though it's kind of steamed up a little bit like with like Nick Chubb running a bunch and Taysom running a bunch. I just, even if he doesn't start, I, I can't imagine he's not heavily involved in the game plan. Yeah, no, it's uh, and now we got, we got the report. I think that Pat saw as well from Nick Hunderhill, like literally the best Saints beat reporter saying that he's going to be featured heavily. Nick's a guy that when he reports things like that, he generally knows something else. Um, and like, you know, there's probably more going on there behind just Nick guessing that Taysom Hill is going to be more involved. Um, so I, I think this is the smartest move they could do, by the way. We I suggested this on my spread show on Tuesday. It's like if the weather is going to be this bad, Dalton sucks. At least if you use Taysom Hill, you can shorten the game, create a better run approach against a crappy run defense. Just try to grind out a game 10-3 or something. Yeah, there, there was another look, too, that I thought was fun would be Andy Dalton under half a passing touchdown at plus 130. Because uh, then they get in the red zone, they're probably going to put Taysom in, like, for sure. So it would have to be, like, a long touchdown with giving the wind. No Olave, no Landry. Like, where is that going to come from? I mean... I don't know. Plus 130. I thought it would be kind of fun. I don't love touchdown props in general, but worth a look. Yeah. Good sound reasoning behind that one. All right. So uh, we touched on that. Pat, back to you for your uh, your second play. Well, I'm going to cross off James Conner, not play that one. And I will go to that same Arizona game and go with an over Tom Brady over 269 and a half passing yards. He is the highest projected passing yard leader of the week for me at 314. Now the Bucs always do something stupid, like try to run the ball 800 times for no success, but they got to, they, they have to win this game. This game is their cushion and it's a, a very winnable game for them. They just need to go back to the dink and dunk. Weirdly, Russell Gage coming back last week, kind of, I don't want to say unlocked their offense, but it looked a lot more competent than it has recently. And this is a team that just gave up a whole bunch of passing yards to Brett Rippon. So I think Tom Brady and the short passing game are going to be a very good look on Sunday. And is Arizona the most popular dog of the week? Does that seem that way to you guys? Hmm. I mean, seven and a half. I get why people would maybe be on it. I think actually Tampa's, I've heard a lot as a pretty popular teaser leg because you can tease through the seven through the three. But man, I can't, I can't imagine laying actual earned money with uh, on Trace McSorley here. Yeah, it'd be a tough scene, right? Yeah. Like you just regret it right away. I mean, that was, that was my handicap for last night's game where we were talking about it on our show on Wednesday. It was like, the Jets is a decent spot, but like, do I want that game to start and for me to have, actual money on Zach Wilson. Um, give me the better quarterback. So um, I have the Jag, I took the Jags as a teaser. Like, so that's kind of how I did that one, but this is the same premise. Like I, I, I didn't want to like oversimplify a game handicap to just the quarterback, but man, sometimes I think it's, it's enough. Well, it's funny because there's one prop I really wanted this week and I can't find it. Maybe you guys can. I've searched everywhere. I can't find any Marquise Goodwin props. Hmm. I don't think he's out yet. Let me see. Everyone else from that game is out. He's not. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to make sure that he was going to be active because he, uh, he had injury questions. Yeah, but he he's going to be. Why can't they post the line? Because either he plays or he doesn't. Yeah, I see nothing on him. Yeah, he's genuinely questionable. If he plays, he's going to go off in this game. Noah Fant is posted, and he was genuinely questionable as well. So, yeah, it's a good point. We'll probably see him. He probably opens up. Uh, I mean, if he doesn't play, I really need to blow up my lineups on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's – I guys obviously track fast. We know that. So good spot with obviously with Tyler Lockett out of the lineup. I think DK is in a nice spot too. But, you know, as far as DraftKings goes, D, you know, DK will be very, very popular. So um, different than game theory that you need to incorporate in the DFS streets for sure. And Pat knows. He prints money. There we go. So – all right, uh, next one for me. I'm going to go with a tackle. We got Caden uh, Ellis, Saints linebacker, uh, over seven and a half tackles and assists. Uh, this is out still on DraftKings at minus 125, which I think is still very much playable. Uh, Ellis has played really well when he got a chance this season in three games with Pete Warner out. Um, Warner came back last week. They both played like 60% of the snaps. Warner's back out. So we're going to have Ellis back in an every down roll. Um, the three games that he had in every down roll, 12, 13, and 8. And none of those spots were as favorable as this one for a multitude of reasons. We obviously know the weather concerns here. Um, 
There is not going to be a lot of forward pass. There is going to be a lot of rushing attempts. Both defenses are terrible against the run anyway. So we're probably going to see a lot of rushing attempts anyway. Um, I like way brought down the play volume concerns here, just in case like we do have three plays and a punt. Um, so I'm pretty conservative and I still have a, a nice over on Ellis here too. So on the season, linebackers are averaging 23 and a half tackles and assists per game against the Browns. It's tied for the most in the league. And then a very advantageous scorekeeper in Cleveland as it pertains to the road team. They are granting 25.3 assists per game, which is about four, four and a half more than league average. So um, we get these linebackers piling up. Um, they're pretty generous in just being like, oh, we'll give a linebacker, you know, a, an assist on that one. And uh, Ellis, again, just a great spot. It should probably have been eight and a half juice to the over. So we got seven and a half um, and minus 125 still available. Still think it's a play. I just bet it. Love it. Yeah, I'm riding. Uh, I mean, I can't officially, you know, tell you on that because I don't know a damn thing about tackle props, but uh, I am 100% in. It's a good one. It's a good look. Feel good about it. Even if, again, even if we have 45 plays in that game, um, Alice is going to be on the field for every one of them. All right, Connor, back to you for number three. Reminder two, if you're hanging out with us, it looks like a bunch of you are. Jump in the chat. Let us know if you have any questions for week 16, and we will try to get to some at the end of the show. Yeah, I'm going to go with an over here. Uh, I like Gus Edwards over 35 and a half rushing yards. We took it last week. I'm going back to it again. Uh, you know, racked up. He had 55 rushing yards under seven carries, despite being in a negative game script. Uh, and the big key here was Justice Hill saw a much larger snap share because they were playing from behind. I mean, Tyler Hundley and the Ravens had to throw the ball 30 times, which, you know, I think was, uh, you know, obviously suboptimal there, but they ended up losing the game 13 to three. Now near touchdown favorites at home against the Falcons team, 26th in run DVOA and DPA. Winds 15 miles an hour, cold temperatures. I think that they try and skew run heavy here. So I, I like this over for Gus because I see him getting around 10 carries, 35 and a half rushing yards against with 10 carries against, you know, a bad run defense for me is a no brainer. I think you can bet both him and Dobbins over because I think the, you know, Ravens have a ton of success on the ground, but uh, I did not want to have too much in one situation there. He was out carried by Dobbins a good bit more last week, but I still think that, you know, when, all things are even considered like they want both guys to be heavily involved. Uh, and so we've seen that over the past, like, I guess, I don't know, two years at this point. Um, and I think last week was a little bit of a fluke with Dobbins getting 13 carries to his seven. So I see both seeing, you know, 10, maybe 10 to 12 from, from Gus and 15 to 17 from Dobbins. Like it, Pat, do you have any uh, leans on the Ravens backfields? I mean, I, I obviously I prefer Dobbins, but his number is higher. I have Gus projected eight carries for 45 yards. So I'm on board. So mine, I'm going back to that Carolina game. Love that game for whatever reason. DJ Moore, over 53 and a half receiving yards. The Lions, like the Panthers and like the Jets, are beat up over the middle of the field. And what we've been seeing with Sam Darnold under center for the Panthers in those three weeks is with DJ Moore playing an increased slot percentage, moving from the outside to the inside to create these easy passes. And we know his target share with PJ Walker and Sam Darnold has just spiked so far this season. He's basically like their only good player at this point. So get him the ball as often as possible. And he even just sneaks downfield a lot of the time too, and just standing there wide open. And I, I think the lions defense is improved, but I don't think it's good by any means. So this just seems like a really low barrier for someone who's probably going to garner 35 to 45% of his team's market share as an underdog at home. Seems like a fantastic spot. I like it quite a bit. Actually, it's on my list. Um, the, actually the way I was going to go was his reception number just before we got on here, I think opened at four and a half at plus money, um, which I I like quite a bit too, because I think it, uh, you know, even if he doesn't, yeah, on DraftKings, plus 130 over four and a half receptions. So I like both those plays, um, as you mentioned, for all the reasons that you said, just the slot receivers against the Lions there. Carlos is not typically a play that you make, but any DJ Moore thoughts? We did talk about Sam Darnold a little bit. Like he's been not good and not like from a fantasy perspective, but like he hasn't turned the ball over his completion percentage over expectation is like positive 7% in his three starts. Like he's been accurate, taking care of the ball, not fumbling, not turning it over. And DJ Moore has been his guy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I definitely think it's a solid look. Um, you know, I don't have any reason to dispute it. It's just not something I've normally played, uh, you know, and I hate tying myself to these garbage quarterbacks. I know he's been playing better, but you know, <laughs> this is Pat looks pissed. <laughs> you a big Sam Darnold guy? I didn't know. No, this no, this. actually, my he is the subject of my favorite Reddit thread, but that's about it. 
I missed that one. Give me the uh, elevator version. No, it. It, it is r slash the underscore Darnold. And you can just go on it and Ooh. you can see. See for okay. yourself. This looks right. fun. We got a Donald. He's the Darnold. <laughs> every, Big difference. Uh, man, they had to stop the steal last week. If you only ca- counted Carolina's points, he won in a landslide. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. I'm definitely going to have to check this out. It's going to be fun. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and then we also got someone, uh, one of our listeners, DJ Moore head to head minus 20 and a half receiving yards versus DJ Chark, who you like under Pat. Woo, uh, I love I that. That's, yeah, that's a great bet. Where's that at? Uh, looks like, uh, well, uh, we they have some of those at DraftKings, so I would assume it's there. I don't, don't really see those other places, but um, appreciate the input there. That's a that's a great look, I think. All right, uh, third one for me. Uh, this one is moved. Let me make sure I get the best number. That is out there. And it's moved against where I played it. Um, Devontae Adams is a criminally mispriced. Um, it, over five and a half receptions for Devontae Adams. It's available on Rivers. It's available on points bets. Um, it is moved to a juiced four and a half on Caesars, DraftKings, and MGM, which is just wild to me. I think it's an overreaction. We're... Um, we're getting a discount. Obviously, two bad performances. Two not great performances. Um, in tough matchups. Last week against New England, they went out of their way. Um, they double teamed him. Uh, I was reading Pat Crane's work this morning. Um, like, double the rates that he had seen in any other game this season. Just kind of bracket coverage a ton. He still saw nine targets in there. But, again, just caught four of them for a 44% catch rate. Like, significantly lower than his season mark of, of 61%. The week before, really good starts. Uh, against the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. That is actually the only time this season that Jalen Ramsey has truly shadowed an opposing wide receiver. Um, so he, I think he had four, like 71 yards and almost all of it in the first half. But uh, again, just his season mark, 61% catch rate, um, eight targets per game, even in the bad games. He'd been averaging 13.4 before. I'm not really worried. We saw part-time work for both Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. I think Waller sees an increase here. But like, these are not, He's playing the Steelers. Like they have struggled to stop all receivers this season. We don't have really any weather concerns. It's going to be cold at night in Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday, but not any real like wind issues here. Five and a half receptions for Devontae Adams at plus money is, I think, a fantastic look. I think it's just a, an overreaction to two bad matchups. We just need him to basically do his season average um, in terms of catch rates and targets, and he gets there. Um, and I think this is a better than average matchup so uh pat what are your thoughts on adams i mean that sounds pl- Devonte to get six catches in a game at plus money just blindly bet it and i think you're you're up a lot of money yeah that was kind of what I, I was stunned and now i'm surprised i bet it at plus 100 saw it move to like plus 115 and i was like what in the world are we doing it's moved so much it's taken enough that DraftKings moved it off to five and a half and and now it's a juice four and a half connor any thoughts yeah, that's crazy. I mean, this is the lowest receiving and reception line that I think we've seen for Devontae Adams in what, like five years? Like, I mean, since he was like, I mean, didn't break out in the Packers. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is like literally the lowest line that I've ever seen for him. So um, I wasn't initially interested. Uh, but I mean, at this point, like, I think this is a good look. Five and a half plus 125 at FanDuel on the over. I mean, is there any way that we see even like a four and a half at like 150 or like, you know, like if it keeps moving down there, like, I'll lay the juice. I don't. I hate laying juice on overs, and I think this is a good, could be an awesome look. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm, weather concerns not does not do not matter in this game. Like the wind's gonna be like twelve miles per hour. It doesn't mean shit. It'll be cold, not that cold. You know, they'll be fine. And it's minus one sixty five as the juice on the over four and a half at DraftKings. Yeah, that's a lot, but I mean, it's five catches. Like it would. I, I wouldn't so much rather just pay. You know, I get the five and a half uh, and, and get plus money on that um, at, at a different book. So, yeah. Uh, and then again, maybe it takes a little bit of action here. I would jump into it if you see, you know, if you're listening later and you see that move back. I, I just think it's a, I think it's a bad number and overreaction to two tough matchups. So, all right, Connor, bring us home with uh, your last play or any other ones that you're considering you want to talk about. Yeah, one that I think both of us like here is I took uh, Tyler Algier under 57 and a half rushing yards. We took a 56. Looks like Fandle's floating at 57 and a half. Um, generally, him and Cordero Patterson have split work. Last week, he obviously crushed. So we're seeing the high, highest line of the season for Tyler Algier. Um, now matching against the Ravens, uh, six run DVOA, third and explosive rush rate allowed. Uh, I just think this is a pretty good opportunity here to kind of like, you know, 
Zig, one other Zag, you know, in, th in this spot here where Algier expect to be pretty popular. And I get it. Like he's going to see a lot of work, but uh, I also think that the Ravens are able to slow down you know, Desmond Ritter, who also looked horrible last week. So, you know, like this is another, another one of those spots where it could be a run, run pass punt, you know, where they're not able to do a whole lot. And um, maybe Algier sees 10 carries, maybe he sees 12 carries um, with him and Patterson, you know, kind of splitting work there, but for him to get to 60 yards, he has to be efficient. I think this is kind of like a, uh, you know, lowered expectation in the, on the matchup perspective. And you could see less work than normal with the Ravens, as I already talked about, probably, I mean, I think they're going to, you know, eviscerate the clock, like literally run the ball like 30 times here and just melt the clock. So, uh, in this spot, you know, I, I think the under is a solid look here. Yeah. I jumped in there with you too. I, I thought we saw just unsustainable efficiency last week and uh yeah i think we do see some run 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 uh punt stuff here in, in baltimore and baltimore the best since they made the roquan smith trade the best run defense actually by a significant margin um on the ground so epa dvoa uh, basically any meaningful metric this is the best current iteration rushing defense in the league so uh pat any thoughts on uh the falcons running backs yeah they're not good it's true they were, I mean, they, they performed adequately a week ago. I would just expect with the way that the Falcons were running their offense earlier this year, that their rushing game would be more effective with the threat of Mariota taking off all the time. It seems like they're not really unleashing everything Ritter could potentially be able to do on the ground. At least they didn't last week. I mean, it's a change this week, but I don't feel like this is the defense you want to try that out against. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, how about you, Pat? What's the last uh, empty your clip here? What's uh, what's on the list? Well, I almost went with Fields over 74 and a half rushing yards because that has like a 90% win rate this year. But I don't know. It's a very high number. I'm going to feel stupid. I'll just play. He, he's my favorite quarterback on DraftKings. So I'll just well, limit it to that. We were talking about that one on our uh, other show this week, too, about how like the narrative around them wanting to push, I guess, in the press conferences, both uh, Aberflus and Fields has talked about how close he is to the rushing record. Um, I think it's ridiculous for them to do that, but I also understand like good for that kid, like celebrate. He's been awesome. So apparently they want to go for that. At least they're like, it's the elephant in the room and they're talking about it. So uh, it's definitely over or nothing. If you're looking at the fields market or, or they, I mean, it's over or nothing anyway, because either he hits it over, or he like gets hurt. It's true. He's a, yeah, he's awesome to watch. I am going to continue with my like low threshold slot receiver type things. This one scares me a little bit, but all of my numbers point to it. Matchup numbers, simulation numbers, Curtis Samuel over 29 and a half receiving yards against the Niners. Again, two great corners on the outside for the Niners, a bit weaker towards the interior. Have to get the ball out quickly. Who's standing there wide open seven yards down the field? It's Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I thought we might see this here. You mentioned uh, maybe a little bit of pro commander's thoughts here and and that uh, Samuel could be involved. Yeah, low A dot stuff. Uh, but, you know, that's a pretty low threshold for him to get over. Connor, any, uh, please you know, do not tell the government about my pro commie thoughts this week. <laughs> uh, any uh, Samuel thoughts off the top of your head, Connor? No, they posted a rushing yard prop for him again at like 13 or something like that, which I thought mm -hmm. was a, a stay away. Uh, you had you know, seven and a half a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. Just seven and a half was a good look. He, he got there at the very end. Oh, yeah. Very, very end. Yeah. He, the, I was, well, we were watching together and he had like a nine yard run and they called it back for holding. And I was just going nuts because I thought he got it. And then he came back. So I was like, oh, it's going to lose. And then they went to overtime and he hit on like literally in overtime. So I got super lucky there, ran pure. But yeah, I think the, the Samuel look here at the receiving is, is good. I, it was strange. I was like, usage just like died mid season basically. Uh, and now like at least in the passing game and now hopefully they kind of revitalize it here because it is a pretty solid matchup. He, he was a Wentz guy as opposed yeah. to a Heineke guy. Cause all, mm -hmm. all the, all of the easy receptions that he was getting earlier on in the season, that's really before, I mean, Dotson was more of a factor in the red zone, but he wasn't commanding as much of an overall share of the passing attempts as we saw. But Wentz would dump it off to Samuel, where Heineke just runs those. Yeah, that's a that's good point. Yeah, I like that. Um, any other stuff that you're waiting on, Pat, that you want to? It, it, it's really just Marquise Goodwin. Like, I took a look at Isaiah Hodgins, uh, over 36 and a half receiving yards in that game. Pacheco, over 69 and a half. I think they're just going to run all over Seattle. Latavius, his over. But those were too wishy-washy for me. They were, like... 56th percentile plays and unless something I have rated at like 65% or better, I'm not betting it. Yep. Get it. All right. Um, I have a tackle to finish and I'll give you some other tackles that I'm going to be um, looking for here. Um, 
Denzel Perryman's not out yet. Linebacker for the Raiders. Um, this game, and I think he's going to be hung at seven and a half would be my guess. And if the juice is reasonable, I would take the over the games in Pittsburgh. It's just the best place in the league for assists. Um, Steeler home games, averaging 52 assists per game, which leads the league comfortably. Um, and they're equally split. They're like, they're not like new England, for example, which we'll get to in a moment, um, gives a lot of assists to the Patriots and it is very, very stingy to the visiting team. Um, the Steelers are, Yes. <laughs> uh, not, not surprising at all. Uh, although I made the case the other day, we were talking about this. You would think maybe from like a negotiation standpoint, they would do it the other way. So they could be like, well, you only had 60 tackles because um, they actually want to like help contract negotiations. But instead uh, they stuff their, uh, their own guys' uh, pockets there. Um, linebackers averaging 23.3 tackles and assists per game against the Steelers, which is tied for the second most in the league. Um, and they've actually still, regardless of who's been a quarterback, been run first. Um, even against terrible defenses. So I think Perryman is a really good look if he's at seven and a half. Um, I have an under that I'm waiting for. If they post Michael Walker, who's a linebacker for the Falcons. He even last week was at eight and a half and he basically lost his job. He's pulling like 35, 40% of the snaps. So even if they post him at like six and a half, um, cause he's been like regularly seven and a half, eight and a half every week. Um, Troy Anderson, second round pick. Uh, from Wyoming has basically replaced him as the number two there. So I'm hoping they just kind of continue to post Walker blindly like they have been. Uh, under will be a nice little look there. Um, and then my other one that I'm going to play that just came out just before we started is uh, Jawan Bentley, New England linebacker. This is out there at seven and a half. Uh, it was plus money. It's still minus 105, I think, on DraftKings. He is the only New England linebacker that is even really close to an every down roll, like 85, 90% snap share. And as I mentioned, only Atlanta gives out more assists to the home team than the Patriots do. Um, but we've actually had Bentley back-to-back weeks on the road uh, get 10 tackles. So uh, nine or more in three of the past four home games. It's a great matchup against Cincinnati uh, due to their play volume, due to their pace of play. They've actually, even though they are massively pass-heavy, um, they still face the sixth highest rate of linebacker tackles on the season. So um, not all that stuff is like deep down the field. They still will run because they just end up having – a lot of plays. And I think they have success in this game against New England's defense, who I don't think is nearly as good as any advanced metric will tell you. So Juwan Bentley over seven and a half uh, is a great look still out there. And uh, yeah, not, not the best of the number, but still good. It's at uh, minus one to five plus one ten at bet. Three, six, five. Love it. You need, you That's need, need three, six, three, six, five Noonan. I know you can ladder your tackle props. Oh, uh, Caden yeah, Ellis they, ladders. I mean, I'm all in on this, but Caden Ellis guy, by the way, yeah, and we need three six five. Uh, I need a, a New Jersey or a Canadian proxy for the uh, for the ladders because especially these we hit, we hit last week. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins was four and a half. He had nine at the half. He finished with eighteen tackles. Um, we have some subscribers in Discord. What, what's were, the, what's the most you think Ellis can get? The highest you can play him. What, what do you think the chance of him getting over ten tack ten or more tackles are? He's got three games this season. In the role, he's had 13, 12, and 8. So plus 240 is pretty good for 10? Yeah. The only concern would be play volume in that game. But again, even if they run 45 plays, which is insanely low, they're run, they're going to be like massively run heavy, right? Um, and again, the advantageous scorekeeper stuff. So there's there's a lot of like outs baked into even a low projected play volume for Ellis. Yeah, I need 365. Like that's Love it. I, I have one that I want to uh, talk with you guys. I was briefly discussing with Newton before. So Derek Henry, and I know you mentioned that there are multiple guys who could threaten for 200 rushing yards in this spot. Um, I, I know this is like the most freezing take in the industry right now. I'm a little worried about Titans, the Titans offensive line. I mean, they're trotting out bums. Like, do do we, do you guys even know any of these guys? Like, I mean, I mean they're on backups for all of them, which I, may not even matter, but like, I think starting uh, Willis mitigates that a bit. I, I okay. agree with that. Okay. That'd be my take. Like they were like, they made the bears look pass heavy in the Willis starts this year, like negative 40% pass rate over expectation. Like just insane. You're like 11 attempts in one game that he played the entire game. Like it just is a, a wild wild scene I, again rushing quarterbacks too obviously help bolster because you have to account for him a little bit so like yeah. I, i'm with pat they, they won't even release derrick henry rush like rushing attempt props no well like, we what, which is what what would you set that at like if they, if they said it was 25 and a half would you take the over or the under 
over probably. I was thinking like 26 and a half, something like 27 and a half, honestly. God, that's so high. I think he gets to 30. Yeah. Yeah. We were I was sweating out a Derrick Henry rushing attempt under last week and it got there uh by the hook. But my I mean was the least fun sweat. I'm certainly not taking the under at 109 and a half rushing yards. But what about Malik Willis? 125 and a half passing yards. I mean, that uh feels high. Feels high. I mean, but the Texans, they do suck. So that's the issue. But like, how is this gonna work? It'd have to be like a screen. He had the what screen to Chig that was like a 60 yard touchdown, and he still didn't even get there. Uh, like, you know, or whatever it was. Well, I mean, they will three times in this game play action air it out. That that's they did that to Kansas City on the very first drive. It was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And Willis's yeah. arm is giant. For sure. And they didn't have, I mean, we, Pat knows Traylon Burks sucks. They didn't have Traylon Burks in any of the earlier Willis games. Um, it was just, you know, Bobby Trees. So maybe that helps at least take the lid off, if nothing else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Connor, your take that the offensive line is terrible is spot on. But I, I don't know that it matters. And I kind of agree with Pat. I think the Willis thing kind of helps alleviate that. That Traylon Burks take is not looking good for me. <laughs> There's no one else there, though, you know, so. We'll see. I mean, if he's going to be tied to Malik Willis for the next year or two, uh, you might be correct. Uh, just took the wrong route to get there. What about like a Malik Willis completions under like a pass attempt under? I mean, what's going to be like 12 completions, 10 completions? Like, I mean, it's going to be unbelievably low. They probably won't even set one, to be honest. I mean, I all I did was just I, I, I was going to bet Tennessee at minus five and then they were minus three. So I was like, perfect. I mean, Malik Willis already beat the Texans by seven earlier this year in Houston. I just, I, I don't get why, because Houston played, what, two competitive games the past two weeks? That's great for them and everything. The Titans are just going to run 90 times and beat them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is by far the worst rush defense in the league. They have, you don't hear a lot of, uh, we bet a lot of tackle safeties uh, or safety tackles for the Texans. We don't touch their linebackers because the safeties get so many opportunities because the linebackers are terrible. So that's why we jam Jalen Petrie uh, and Jonathan Owens because uh, they get a lot of chances every week. Uh, no one stops anyone in front of them. So we'll probably look at Petrie again because he'll have a lot of opportunities this week. But yeah, it's I don't know what the too high number is. I wish the books would have like tested it because the 105 or 106 is still probably too low. Um, they got to be hoping for an injury. To, to get even on that one. Cause I think the public's going to hammer Derek Henry over the next couple of uh, or 48 hours, 24 hours or whatever. So, all right. Working in an hour, we'll look to uh, get some thoughts from some folks here in the chat. Uh, let's see. Thanks for starring these. I don't know if that's uh, you, Sal or Connor, but appreciate that. Brian wants to talk about Ramondre Stevenson um, over four. I'm guessing maybe that's, Receptions, uh, plus 130 on DraftKings. Uh, any thoughts on that? It sounds about right. Lean, lean over, probably. But, I mean, I, I don't know. This game is tough because I think that with how cold it is, like, that could, you know, these teams particularly, with, like, Zach Taylor just being such a boomer, and then, uh, you know, uh, Bill Belichick or Matt Patricia, whoever's running the show in New England, just being like, it's cold, we're running the ball, even though the Bengals have a good run defense. Patriots have been relatively good against other opposing running backs. Like we could just see like a, like a 10, seven game, but if the Bengals pass, I mean, it is, they're going to, you know, obliterate the pass secondary, I think. So I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that game. I think that as that relates to Ramondre, like if we see the Patriots throw or when we see them throw, I think that Ramondre will probably see a lot of work, but like, I mean, like you said, four is probably about right. Yeah. I mean, plus money helps too, uh, with this price, but, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting to see if the cause minimal workload, not minimal, but he got a lot of touches last week. So they obviously felt okay about him uh, being in there, but definitely a lower snap rate than we've seen as of late. Uh, so I like the plus money and probably be a lean over, but uh, not a official play for me. Um, let's see next. Our guy, uh, cool H X X S. He's in our uh, discord. wants to know how to approach the Taysom Hill play. Um, Bet anytime touchdown, rushing to receive total yards. Do we still like it now that it's moved? Again, we pushed out 35 and a half. Let me see where it looks like it's. I still... have a. Go for Go it. Ahead. I was going to say, you... I, have a, I have a fun one uh, that I tried to play on DraftKings that I got limited to $1.20, so I can't give this out officially. But for anyone who does not is not limited uh, at DraftKings, uh, him to score a touchdown and to have 55 rushing yards is like plus 800 or something like that. So, you know, you could certainly do worse. Uh, if they use him at all anymore, like I think 
he could easily just annihilate that. So, you know, if you want to put more than you can get more than a dollar, I think it's worth it uh, just for fun. I saw that also on points bet because when we pushed the points bet play at thir- or the DraftKings play at 35 and a half, a subscriber notified us that points bet had it at 25 and a half. Um, so um, I went ahead and ensured that my points bet account uh, is not going to be usable moving forward. Again, I will give them some golf business. So that usually I think helps soften, uh, soften account limits at times. You bet outright golf winners at places. They tend to not limit you so much uh, on some other stuff that I've, I've found. Um, yeah, I'd say somewhat still 37 and a half out there. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what, like, what, what's your balking point, Connor? Like where you would kind of stop and, and hesitate. Um, I, I don't know. I would kind of want to see a couple more reports. We'll probably get like some, you know, some other like national reporters kind of trailing on like, oh yeah, we're actually going to see half the game of Taysom, but I think that's probably what we're going to see regardless. So I don't know, like 42 probably is where, where it's at at FanDuel now. I think it's still a good look. look yeah. There. It's 40 and a half at some places now. Yeah, I think it's still solid, to be honest. That's about right. Like, you're looking at, we're probably looking at, like, he had seven carries last week. We're probably looking at, like, 10 to 12 in this spot. So, I mean, 40 yards is nothing on 10 carries against Cleveland. Yeah, I'm still good with it. Uh, IG, thanks for the love. Love this damn prop show. My favorite on YouTube. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, tell your friends. Props are fun. You can do it in a communal sense. You're not competing. It's nothing better than winning bets together. So, thanks for sharing uh let's see what else we got here uh lucas what do you guys think about darius slayton hung at 51 and a half receiving yards um over 20 and a half longest reception uh pat had it three weeks ago uh we hung him last week at 45 and a half he did not get there he must have tripped over himself um any thoughts on going back again he's in the dome uh against minnesota bad pass defense uh, had any thoughts on uh, going back to the well? You mentioned Hodgins, so you might be on that passing game a little bit. I, I am actually, especially if this is catch up mode. Slayton's a guy I would play ladders on this week on the Giants. Either he gets there or he doesn't. Like, and when he gets there, it's usually not by a yard, it's by 40 yards. So I, I would try to look at like some sort of alt spread to cover your ass a little bit. Like, if you want to take it straight up, I like the over. I have that rated as a good play. But if you want to play, let me try to find it here. That is, where is that stupid game? Giants. The ladder's on him right now to look it up. So much easier to do on my phone. Who would have thought? Uh, Receiving yards. Receiving yards. Milestones. There we are. Where are we at? Darius Slayton. Nah, over 75 yards is only plus 230. So they think it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I remember mentioning it last week too. So now it's he's done in like... I think like 59 and a half or 59 in six of the past eight weeks. Um, tough spot. The only time he missed it against the Eagles, he missed it last week against the commanders, but like he like most of them were not even like right around 60. They were like mid eighties and 70. So to Pat's point, he had like, when he goes over, he is over comfortably often. Yeah. Like, uh, so, I mean, that was two good defenses the past two weeks and he had done it previously against Washington, in the OT game at 90, 63, 86, 95, 66. Like he's usually well over it if he's over it. And like, when you see his long, like outside of last week, like, his long reception was seven yards previous to that 37, 55, 44, 24, 54. Like, it, it might just take one. Uh, a couple others real quick. Um, Craig's mentioning that Taysom 43 and a half on FanDuel. Yeah, it's all kind of in that same pocket. Uh, don't mind anyone doing that. John wants to know our thoughts on uh, Tyler Boyd, three and a half receptions. Um, I, I, plus money is nice, but my like he's the fourth receiving option in that offense when uh, Hayden Hurst is Hayden active. Hurst ruled out. He's out. Oh, is yeah. he? Okay. Yep. Well, so. That helps him a little bit, but like again, it's not. It's like a three four percent jump. It's still not a play for me. I agree, not a play. Yep. Um, Kevin wants to know about Kamara rushing attempts over. I mean, they seem to not just want to bang that guy. They right. They like the David Johnson stuff last week was alarming. Is it that he's not good anymore? <laughs> it might. I be. don't know. He's small, dude. Uh, you know, like I know that we they all have like a odometer on like carries, but maybe he's just as smaller than others because of his. His size, maybe he's just. I thought last. Him. I thought last week he was a perfect opportunity to crush, and then they're rolling out Dusty David Johnson like eight, seven or eight times. Like he should have had like 120 rushing yards. Instead, he had like whatever 80. You know, just because they're rolling out David Johnson for seven or eight carries, who's like we know sucks. Uh, Matt asking about James Connor. We touched on it earlier. Uh, Connor is on the play. Pat likes it as well. 
Um, I have volume concerns, but I think that their handicap is, is really good. Um, and I think that's a little bit better than even the number that Connor pushed it out at. So um, guys definitely lean Connor under. Uh, it's not an overplay for me. I just I worry that they won't be able to do anything with the forward pass. Uh, therefore, Connor could get a just absolute shit ton of touches here. Uh, last one, Domo. Shout out Domo, a subscriber for us. Uh, thoughts on Watson's passing yards. Um, leaning under, wondering if the better look elsewhere is looking for one of those fan or uh, prize picks six legger. Obviously, we know that there are weather concerns. To Pat's point, don't double count. It's baked in the number because the number is like, what, 150? 147. Um, 147. Do you have any thoughts, Connor? I mean, I love QB unders, and I can't do this. This is just too low. I mean, like, because though they have they have enough talent, like, you know, Amari Cooper, or DPJ, or Joku, they could certainly throw, like, a two-yard pass and, like, break a tackle or two and run for 40, 50 yards. That's the thing is, like, wind just slows down big passes. Like, if we don't – if there's no wind in this game, his number is probably, like – 215 you know like two two ten like i mean i think in the spot it's already accounted for so yeah don't double count just kind of maybe avoid it I, I got one for you on prize picks andy dalton under 135 passing yards i like it oh yeah no problem with the unders C- there considering he might not be playing that doesn't Correct. seem bad yeah <laughs> and he'll take a snap he'll play enough that you get to count oh, yeah. it because he, yeah he's not going to be benched but he could be uh you know they could do what the texans have been doing of late mixing in guys on uh different series and doing stuff like that katie you get the last one gabe davis under 36 and a half I like uh, the yeah i mean I, I get the weather concerns there but like the big playability is is a little scary connor any thoughts on gabe i uh, i mean you just can't you can't do it because the bears are like horrible and so you know like one play it's just one play i would rate take receptions under i think that's a fine look but um because i don't think there's gonna be a ton of pass flying but that's something we actually didn't touch on. I think that like the bills here could absolutely annihilate the bears to the air if they want to, but it just depends on whether they want to, or if it's too cold because it's supposed to be like negative 11 degrees, a kickoff, like a uh, real feel. So remember the Mac game last year in Buffalo, when it was massively winning and the Patriots attempted three passes, the bills still threw the ball around in that game. So like the bills have proven that even in really bad scenarios that they're uh, comfortable leaning on uncle Rico's arm. You know, they want to like, we get pushed through that wins. Uh, that's why they drafted him, right? Like he can play in the bad weather of, uh, of Buffalo. They threw a bunch last week. So I'm not like really scared about overreacting to the Buffalo passing game. Cause they've shown in the past that they're willing to, to continue to chuck it. So, all right. Good stuff as always. Pat, where can everyone find your stuff? You say me or Connor? Yo, we know where Connor can find. We can find Connor stuff. I want to know your stuff. Or if uh, I was I, interrupting you because you had something else you wanted to share. Go for yeah, it. well, you brought up Uncle Rico. He's just having a really nice run on White Lotus right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to encourage Connor to watch. He has not watched White Lotus. He, he told me. I did was... actually watch. I watched the second season with Maggie. So oh, okay. was... I, I finished season two last night. It was solid. I, it was better, actually. I, I had more appreciation for it. I thought, I, I thought season one sucked. I thought season two was pretty good. Pat. Real quick, has there any been anything worse than uh, Mariah's draft um, on the challenge? It's a tough look. Tough, tough look. Tough look. Change the whole dynamic of that. Uh, you got to have some size. Yeah, I know Jordan is is got that dog in him, but like, woo, rough, rough scene. So uh, I finally caught up. So I wanted to get your reaction to that. I've been I was behind a few episodes. Okay, I don't know if we've talked about this, but if I gave you. Right now, if everyone left on the cast, who do you think the youngest person is and how old are they? Mm. Nerese could be young. Okay. Uh, 20, what, what's the age? 26. Chauncey is 23 years old. Wow. Okay. I could see that. I thought he was like 40. <laughs> yeah. Because she's older. She's yeah, been she's ra- like 35, I think. Oh, wow. Good for Chauncey. Yeah, I, I mean... Or maybe not. He's, she's, you know, she's running up on her prime here. So, uh, yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mayo um, Media Network, by the way. Love it. Did you give out all the money from uh, Tampa? Yeah, we gave out the, the last thousand bucks today on the Pat Mayo experience. We did our full DraftKings breakdown for the main slate and the Christmas slate, Tambo and I. So that's like an hour and a half long going through the different stacks that you can build up. Christmas Day, Cust Corner 40, a very custy Christmas drops. And then Monday, Already recorded, ready to go. By the time you wake up, Feinberg, Mayo, Golf, Season Preview. We're back. Love it. Can't wait. Good stuff as always. Connor, uh, props coming from you. What else is uh, on your docket for the next couple of days before you uh, leave this cold weather and head to uh, to Mexico? Yeah, props. Uh, I need to 
Christmas shop. I have not. I've slacked. Uh, you know, we're two days out and I still am missing presents. Pretty embarrassing. Uh, but, you know, very on brand. Uh, so, you know, I'll get that shit done. You know, get it done well, but just a day out. All right. Tough scene, Connor. You can marry now. You got to tighten that ship up a little bit. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah. Well, you're all right. You got some time. At least it's a nice day to be outside gallivanting along the city's uh, streets of Chicago. And no one will be there, too. No no one is last-minute shopping. No, 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 no. You're good. Yeah. And Uh, Chicago is generally quiet, so it'll be fine. Yeah, you're making me really excited. This is going to be a great next few hours, boys. So good stuff as always. Don't forget to check out everything on the Mayo Media Network. And again, subscribe here to the 444 YouTube page. Again, lots of other great content here. We'd love for you to uh, share that with your friends. So for Pat and Connor and Ryan, we'll see you all next week. Have a good holiday, everyone.